Well, we have this uh, special time of prayer this morning for this family, and then we enter into Jonah, and in Jonah chapter 1, uh, my sermon this morning is going to be very short because we are going to spend some time praying together some more in just a moment. And in Jonah uh, chapter 1, we saw where the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and it said, arise and go to Nineveh, this great city. Jonah does the opposite of that. He goes down to Joppa, and he boards a boat to, to leave, to run away from Nineveh. Um, we know because of some things he's already said and some things he will say, mainly things he will say, that Jonah is very prejudiced against the Ninevites because they are a part of Assyria. They are a part of the enemy, and uh, Jonah is uh, Jewish, and he is not a fan of uh, the Assyrians, and so he is running from them. He doesn't want to tell them about God, and, and the reason God told him to go there was to tell them he's seen what they've been doing, that they need to repent, and, and Jonah didn't want to go do that because he knew that, the, that God would, that the people would repent, and God would forgive them, and he didn't want his enemies forgiven, and this is like an atypical version of the prophets that we see in the Bible. The prophets in the Bible mainly were going to their own people, um, but they really wanted the people to repent. They preached it over and over and over, and they did what God told them, and they went where God told them, and they preached this gospel to repent and, and, and you know, have this, the Lord forgive you. Yet, Jonah didn't do that. He did the opposite. He tried running away from where God told him to go. And so while he's on the boat trying to escape, God brings a storm, and the storm is God's judgment. And the storm is telling Jonah, you're not going where you want to go. I've called you to go here. You are the prophet of the Lord. You're my prophet. I want you to go to Nineveh. And so God brings the storm as judgment. The sailors don't know what to do. They don't know who Jonah is. They don't know that he's a prophet. And all this time, when the storm first arrives, Jonah is down in the boat sleeping. And, and we know that the captain goes down there, and he says, Arise, wake up. What are you doing, you sleeper? Like, we're about to die. Call out to your God. We've all called out to our gods. It didn't work. And so uh, Jonah tells them, you know, eventually he's the prophet and that this storm is his fault because he is running from the Lord and this is the, the Lord's judgment. They say, what shall we do? Jonah's answer should have been, let me repent. Let me pray and ask God to forgive me, to bring us safety. But that's not what Jonah's answer was. His heart was so hard that he said, throw me overboard. He would have rather been thrown overboard than to have repented and gone to Nineveh. With a hard heart, he tells them to throw him overboard, and they try everything they can to not do that. And it comes to a point where they feel like death is imminent, and the only answer is to throw Jonah overboard. And so these sailors pray to God now, not, not just God with a little g, but to the one true God. And they say, Lord, if this seems to be what you won't forgive us. We don't know what's going on here. They throw him overboard, and they make a sacrifice to the Lord. That's where we leave Jonah until the very last verse of chapter 1, which is where God appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And a lot of times we've looked at the fish as the judgment, but the storm was the judgment. The fish was the salvation. And the proof of that is this, chapter 2. Chapter 2, he's thanking God for sending the fish. Because if it wasn't for that fish, he would have drowned. And let's look at Chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, 
I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Now, next week we will see how the Lord answers his prayer. But what I want us to look at this morning is the fact that he was on the verge of drowning. He was in despair. And even though he was in despair on the boat, he didn't realize the the, uh, immensity of it, the intensity of it, I should say, until he was in the water, until he was actually drowning. And in that moment, he begins to cry out to the Lord. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. So here he is drowning. He, here he is on the verge of, of death, literally death. He is in a desperate moment. And even though he was running from God, even though he had disobeyed God, even though, like many people in Scripture, he had gone against what God desired time and time again, even though all that was true, he still knew the thing to do. And that was to cry out to God. From the belly of Sheol, from, from the, this pit of despair, from the grasps of, of death, He cries out, and he asks God to save him. And not to spoil what's coming next uh, or in a couple of weeks, but God does save him by sending the fish, and we know this because we saw it at the the last verse of of chapter 2, and then we'll see again at at the end of this chapter, sorry, of chapter 1, and we'll see again at the end of this chapter how God used that fish to spare him, to save him. However, right now the focus is, Here he is on the verge of death. By his own doing, his actions led him to this place. Here he is on the verge of death. And finally, finally, he cries out to God. And God hears his voice, of course. God sends rescue, of course. And that's my sermon. There are so many of us in this room right now who are in the midst of desperation. There are so many of us in this room right now. Maybe it's by other people's actions that we have found ourselves where we are, or maybe it's by our own actions that we are in the midst of desperation where we need God. And we need him to answer us. We need him to hear us. And there is something within our souls that can't wait any longer. And we have to cry out, God, help me. And he will. From the pit of despair, he will rescue us. He has done it for many of us in this room over and over and over again. He, we have seen firsthand times when we have prayed to God, where we have cried out to him, and and he has been there readily with an answer. 
with provision. Then there have been times when we have cried out to God and, and we, we didn't hear that answer. It doesn't mean he wasn't answering. It just wasn't in the way that we wanted him to answer. We weren't looking for it. And so I don't know how God will answer our cries this morning, but here's what I do know. He will answer them. He will hear us. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to cry out to God. Now, there are some things in Scripture that help us when we're talking about crying out to God. For example, in Isaiah, um, we are, God is, is talking to Isaiah and giving him this thing to ask the people of Israel. And he says, uh, is my arm too short to save or my ear too dull to hear? And of course not. But your sins have caused a separation between you and your God. God can hear our prayers anytime, regardless of anything. But for those of us in here this morning, maybe there are some of us who we have sin in our life. And we know what it is right now. You don't need a preacher to start listing, making a list of the different sins that the Bible names. You know that there are things in your life that don't need to be there. That God has told you to do something and you haven't done it. Or God has told you not to do something and you have done it. And I don't have to make a list. For those of us in here this morning who are experiencing this, you know what I'm talking about. And so this morning, we need to confess our sins to the Lord. This morning, we need to ask the Lord to forgive us. We, we studied 1 John last year, and it, it, it told us in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of every wrong. So if we confess our sins to him, he will forgive us. And so this morning, as we're crying out to God, let's repent. Let's confess our sins. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's turn from those sins. And then as we're doing that, let's cry to him in our desperation. What do you need right now? And I'm not talking about a new TV although those are nice. I'm talking about spiritually, right now in your life, what do you need? Is there a desperation inside of you? Is there a longingness inside of you? Is there something going on in your life right now that you need rescue from this thing? I get messages and visits and phone calls all the time from people who are truly desperate, Friday night, I guess it was Saturday morning, in the middle of the night sometime, I got a message from someone who was desperate. They needed help, and they needed it then. And you could tell the desperation. You could hear the desperation. You know what I mean when I talk about, are you in a place of desperation? If you've lived long enough, we've all been there. And so this morning, Jonah knew why he was desperate. The waves were crashing down on him. He was drowning. So what are your waves? What is your sea? What is your storm? Why do you need rescue? And only you can answer that. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to cry out to the Lord. We're going to cry out individually. And you can be silent in your prayers if you would like. And if you can't be silent, then don't be silent. And you can sit in your seat 
But if you need to get on your knees or you need to come to the altar, then do so. And so this is going to be in two parts. We're going to have a, a moment of silence, of individual prayer. There will be no music playing in the background. There will be nothing on the screen. It will just be you and God where we can cry out to God in our desperation. And if you're not in a moment of desperation or in a place of desperation, then you, you need to pray for someone who is. If you can't remember the last time you felt desperate, then I have to question if you're living for God the way you should. David Platt, he makes this incredible point in one of his sermons where he's talking about prayer. And he says, if you're just going home and watching TV and playing video games, doing something to that effect, then there's no urgency. There's no need for urgency in your life. There's no need for prayer. But if you're living day to day with the reality of heaven and hell and you see your friends and you see your family who need him and you see a world that is suffering, a world that is literally starving to death, a world that is bombing one another and a world that is shooting one another and a world in chaos and you allow yourselves to be a part of this world in the way that Christ himself became a part of this world and you begin to suffer because of the suffering around you, then we constantly live in a moment of desperation because we always know someone who is hurting. We always know someone who needs rescue. We always know Jonah. And so if that's not you this morning, if you aren't suffering and you don't know someone who's suffering, then pray that God would help you to become more like his son and pray that God would help you to be like him in a way where you can see the suffering around you and you can be a part of the healing. And so where are you this morning? What is going on? I don't know. But we're just going to bow our heads. And so let's go ahead and do that. And again, if, if you need to come to the altar and pray, if you need to get on your knees and pray, then do that. If you want to pray silently or if you want to pray out loud, then you do that. You just spend some time with God and you pray to God. And in a few moments, I'm going to transition us. But if, when I transition us, if you're not ready to transition, then you just continue to pray as you are. Let's pray. Just continue praying if you're still praying. And as you're praying, I'm just going to ask if some of our leaders, um, whether you're deacons or Sunday school teachers, or uh, just if you're a spiritually mature Christian and you feel comfortable doing this, I'm going to ask you to stand up and to spread out around the room um, because I want to give people an opportunity to go to someone and have someone to pray with them because some prayers feel too heavy to lift up on our own and we need strength, we need someone to help us lift those prayers up. And so if you're here this morning and you need someone to pray with you, then you find one of these people who are about to stand up and you ask them to pray for you about something specific. If there's something that just you want to be specific about your desperation and what's going on, then you share that with them. And if it's just that you need them to, to pray for you generally without any details, then go to them and they will pray for you. So I'm going to ask our leaders, if you would, if you would stand up and then spread out throughout the empty spots, and whether it's in the middle of an aisle or up front or in the foyer even, um, if you would spread around. And if anyone needs someone to pray for them, then just go to one of these individuals who are standing up.
James chapter 5 says to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We see all throughout Scripture that um, we are to cry out together for the Lord. And we see when, when people are, are crying to the Lord together, we see that God is answering those prayers. And so I know we live in a culture where the temptation is just to be private and not to, to let anyone in on what you're going through or the burdens that you have. But if you're desperate right now, I just encourage you to find someone to pray with you. And then as we continue to stand or we continue to sit or kneel, whatever the case is, I'm just going to ask you um, to continue to pray. Pray not only for your desperation, but pray for those that you know and love. Pray for the families in Texas right now where we experience another tragedy in our country. Pray for the people who are still being affected by a hurricane that happened over a year ago in Haiti. Pray for the people on the border of Israel who are fighting. Pray for the the needs in our own community right here at home. Let's just cry out to God and ask him to show himself, to answer our prayers in a way that only he can. Jonah said, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. God, Hear us this morning. Hear the cries of your people. Lord, a people that you love, a people that you sent your son to die for, hear the cries of our people, Lord, in this room right now who have all cried out different things to you, Lord. I pray that you would make yourself present in a way that they see and taste and understand and that, Lord, you would draw us closer to you than we've ever been in our life. And, Lord, I pray that you would just... um, do miracles throughout this room and and throughout our lives, Lord, and the things that we're asking for. Lord, I pray that you would be for those people that we have named already that are hurting right now throughout our world, Lord, that are are suffering, Lord. And those are, are just special events, things that have happened that are out of the ordinary. And unfortunately... They're becoming ordinary, Lord. School shootings and and war and things of that nature, Lord. Uh, God, I I pray that that they would be rare, not a reality that we should come to expect. God, I, I pray that you would help us. And Lord, spiritually, Lord, in this room right now, I pray that you would awaken those who don't know you, that you would awaken them to your truth and that they would desire you, that they would want a relationship with you. And Lord, for those of us who have that relationship already, Lord, sometimes it gets so stale, Lord. It's our fault. We know it's our fault. But, Lord, sometimes, Lord, our love for you, it, it, it needs kindled, Lord. It needs to be lit a fire and a blaze for you, Lord. And, and that's what I pray that you would do right now, that you would bring revival to this room, Lord, that the, the, the desperation that we feel, that you would feel that need. Lord, that the the emptiness and what we're crying out in our distress, Lord, that you would be enough. 
that you would, would become such a reality in our life that all the other things just go to the side, that we know you're going to take care of them. Lord, but there are those of us right now who are desperate, and I just pray that you would help us. Lord, we don't know what to pray. Lord, maybe all we can do is cry. Maybe all we can do is groan. Lord, but I just pray that you would hear our cries, that you would hear our groans, that you would hear our words, and that you would show yourself big. Lord, I just pray that you would bring revival to our church, to this world. Lord, that we would uh, put you first, and that you would meet our needs, Lord, and that we would praise you for that, and we would turn around and bless others with what you have blessed us with, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.